Okay, so this is our second round. Welcome to yeah, Khalidia, the Khalidia podcast. The Khalidia show. Uh, all the too. happy things that are happening in the world. <laughs> Rainbows, <laughs> butterflies. Unicorns. <laughs> yeah. So today we decided to choose a pretty easy, soft, happy topic. Uh, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So there's a number of things that are happening right now uh, that are in flux. Uh, there, is, there is a truce between Israel and Hamas, um, which is, you know, holding for the moment and that's you know good for all the civilians they get their the shit bombed out of them well it was uh, holding and then they broke it for a little while now it's back to holding yeah that's how they always do it <laughs> uh, we'll shoot a few things back with everyone's fire it's mostly yeah. holding yeah. yeah um so uh that is, is relatively stable um I think partly because there's a lot of other things um, being cooked in um, in the Israeli government. Um, uh, Bibi Netanyahu was uh, pushed into uh, the opposition. You know, he's now a minority uh, in in the uh, Knesset and in the government. So, so, so for those who don't know. Uh, Benjamin Netanyahu is was Israel's longest-serving prime minister, and so you know he just yeah, got he, booted out. He um, was prime minister in the late '90s, like '96, '97, and then he came back. Um, and he's, he's been a political there for animal. A he's a political animal, but yeah. like he he um, it was classic Netanyahu moves. Whenever you know corruption charges get. Um, you know, uh, yeah, he's under indictment. His way, yeah, yeah, he, he's, a, he, 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 yeah. There are a lot of um, corruption charges that have gotten thrown his way over the years, and so whenever that happens, usually you see a flare-up in the violence, right? You see, yeah, he bombs Gaza, bombs, bombs Gaza, and that's usually how he gets people to like become distracted become more like super patriotic it's like oh let's rally around the leader and so yeah. that's exactly what happened this which time. i mean i think americans can understand this very well it's not oh yeah it's not very different from the things that, like uh bill clinton did and you know george desert, bush desert fox and george w bush yeah. yeah but you know i mean like people forget like you know desert fox in the yeah. 90s yeah. Like it was right around the time uh, Monica Lewinsky thing was happening, right? And he bombing Iraq again. Yeah, I mean it's it's like um, you know one political suicide for politicians not to rally around the leader, and then two, it's just like socially unacceptable to not really be. Uh, yeah, it becomes about supporting the troops instead of about, question, <laughs> right. about questioning the leader. Right, it's so like move that politicians like to pull, even though most of these politicians never have to really worry personally about the consequences of, um, you know, military action. Right. So uh, Netanyahu uh, 
that didn't work this time. Um, he still got booted out um, even after yeah. the the Gaza campaign. And so we have a new, they have a new prime minister, Naftali Bennett, who's more right wing than uh, Netanyahu, who's said some pretty nasty um, racist things. About I don't know him. if he's more right wing than Netanyahu. Well, um, I mean, in in the sense that he, well, his 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 party is, from what I understand, like his party is further to the right than Likud. Then the good. I, I mean, I, you know, is, is Israeli politics are, are really like I'm not. I can't claim to be an expert on them, but it, they they're fluid. They're fluid, and, and the coalitions that form, you know, yeah. shape how like different policies are come about totally. But like he has a pretty radical racist past. He was the head of like an organization yeah, that well, most of them represented do. settlers. Yeah, yeah, but like he's, yeah. Anyways, yeah. um, but this is so, a this is a strange this is a very strange coalition because it this is the first time that an Israeli governing coalition involves an Arab party. Is there an Islamist party in there too, or like is it... call, I've I've heard it called Islamist. I'm not sure if they're really Islamist. I'm not sure exactly That's... to what degree they're Islamist. Um, yeah, maybe they're I'm... just labeled as such. I think I think it might be a little bit of a, you know, over labeling, right? But um, God, I mean, historically, Israelis have been more, or in, during the nineties, eighties, and nineties at least, Israelis were more comfortable dealing with Islamists than they were dealing with uh, secular nationalists or socialists yeah i mean it was the cold war you know yeah. like so it made sense if, although although you know the kibbutz movement was mostly socialist and the kibbutz was the the original you know uh movement of israeli uh settling in in palestine well if it's so, western socialists that's different Right. That's like okay. Well, if you're white, if you're white socialists coming from Western Europe, if you're coming yeah, from you Poland, can, it's okay guys, to be a socialist. Or or Eastern Europe, mm. definitely. But yeah, you can go around frolicking around in like your kibbutzes and be all socialist and like hippie like. But if kibbutzim. you're like plural. But 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 if it, if you're if you're if you're like an Arab socialist, God forbid, you know, like yeah, for um, sure. that's too that's that's just too radical. That's a little bit too socialist. That's, that's like, too yeah, yeah, socialist for you. <laughs> um, yeah. By the way, we like to take a pause for a second and just say criticism of the Israeli government. And and the Israeli military and Israeli government entities, it has nothing to do with animosity or hatred of Jewish people anywhere in the world, including in Israel. It has nothing to do with hating the Israeli people. And yeah. I think you just need to throw that out there just for that anyone needs to be said. Be questioning that. There are a lot of people like, who, you know, unfortunately. Um, 
like Zionists tend to use that that line, that propaganda to make it seem as if anyone who's against Zionism is anti-Semitic, anti-Jewish, which is not the case, obviously. Which is true, but also Zionism gets, the, the, the term Zionism gets used weirdly by, you know, anti-Semites who um, don't really know what it means. So let's, let's give it a, like, you know, Okay, real a, quick. A description. Real quick, Zionism is purely the the uh, political idea that Jews should have a state for Jews, and it came about in the late nineteenth century after the Dreyfus affair and some pogroms in Russia, and you know, so the idea was, well, we're not welcome in Europe. We need a state of our mm. own. And Europe was becoming very nationalist. Greece was becoming, this is where nationalism was, was blowing up. You know, it was blowing up everywhere in the world. You had the young Turks in the Ottoman Empire who were saying we should have a state just for Turks, even though, you know, um, you know, a huge amount of like North Africa and the, you know, um, the Middle East was controlled from Turkey. They're like, we need a state just for Turks. And Czechs wanted their own state, and Albanians wanted their own state, and Greeks wanted their own state. And they had all been part of larger empires. So it was it was the era of nationalism, which still yeah. hasn't like quite worn off the, the, the funk of nationalism. But it was the idea that every like ethnic, linguistic, and religious group should have its own country rather mm -hmm. than like having a cosmopolitan type of a state where Which, i mean it was more like a you know empires before where you had sure people of of numerous ethnicities and who spoke different languages practiced different cultures and religions yeah. there was no identifying official i mean you could have an official um, religion, let's say, but that's not to mean that, you know, most cases that people of different backgrounds couldn't be part of that empire or that entity, if you will. So like sure. I'm thinking like the Ottoman Empire, for example, is a, is a good case. Yeah. Um, so now then with the, the, the uh, movement of like nationalism, you had like the siloing effect of you know, basically humans being siloed off into like yeah and and, and breaking up states. it's like what happened to yugoslavia after mm -hmm. you know uh the fall of communism uh it broke off into ethnic um kind of little little small ethnic countries that um then went to war with each other and you had the bosnia war and it was ugly and i i i am not a fan of of the dividing everybody off based on you know language and you know some perceived ethnicity it's um, totally artificial and goes against like i think human nature to live for human beings to live in that way i mean it goes it's it's a sort of tribalism that is at, opposed to the the concept that most of us say we support which is a concept of you know a liberal democracy 
And if we say right. we believe in a liberal democracy, it doesn't matter, you know, those things shouldn't matter. But this is the kind of thing that that led to the world being divided up into like the map of the world being divided up into states with borders. And so depending on where you were born, that dictates where you're allowed to travel or if you're allowed to travel or where like sure. what your sit your economic situation or social situation is like you know in in life and so it's 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 totally um inhumane it's a totally inhumane system um, yeah and human migration is is a natural thing is one of the right very people natural lived, of our history people, people human beings have lived like by migrating and by intermixing through cultures yeah. for thousands of years and so and you know most all of, us, of a sudden like you know go take an ancestry.com you know test and see what kind of mixtures you got in you because most of us are not pure you know anything um right. but uh you know what i mean on paper on paper this is what america is about yeah, you know like I mean? the whole melting pot. Like, yeah, situation. the the legend of or, America or, is that it doesn't matter. Like, send us your poor, your weary, your you know, ugly, <laughs> your fatso's, <laughs> the girl that everyone made fun of in school. Send them to America. We'll welcome them here. Uh, yeah. So you know. Uh, and the thing is, I think it's a great idea. I, I, you know, I agree with America on paper in that sense, but, uh, you know, it, it's never really worked that way, but, but it's something to aspire to. And most right. political, most political ideologies are something really more aspirational than they are um, ever really achieved in reality, but you keep working at it. Right. And you, you know, you fight the opponents of it who want to divide the world between class and race and religion. So since we were speaking of religion, we're, we're talking about Zionism and mm. the idea of it being um, a movement, a national movement for Jews to establish a state for themselves um in like the modern nation state sense so um so yeah that is what zionism is it's so it's they you know the idea that they have a land that they want to control that there is a piece of land that they want to control and anyone who isn't jewish is a not welcome there two is not cannot be a citizen um yeah i mean here, now here okay we'll see that that can transition into the, the the other major issue that's going on politically there but i mean real quick um there's there is kind of a conflation and confusion about um you know when we talk about jewishness because mm -hmm. you know on the one hand jewish being jewish is a religion on the other hand it is uh cast as an ethnicity however it has been you know it it is known that you know there are many ethnicities 
you have black Jews, you have Russian Jews, Eastern European Jews. They are not all descendants of the people of Moses. Mm-hmm. If you want to, even, you know, if you even believe the story of the people of Moses, um, they are not all descendants of those people directly. And they've mixed or they've converted. They were converts to Judaism. In well, interestingly Europe. enough, you mentioned black Jews. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there is a pretty strong argument that uh, black Jews may be actually the descendants of of Moses, since there are arguments that even Moses was black. You know. Well, so, there. I mean, now we're getting into Rastafarianism, and yeah, and then, and then there's also like the whole like Solomon and Sheba, and the, you well, know, no, not not even not even like not even like Rastafarianism. I mean, there are there are studies that show that you know ancient Egypt wasn't like as like the people of ancient Egypt weren't as light skinned. And so, I mean, that at some point there was some pharaoh, can't remember his name, but apparently expelled all the, the black Egyptians to southern Egypt, to like Nubia and beyond. And so, yeah. so yeah, I mean, the, the, the idea is that, you know, it shows, it just goes to show how race is such a, it's such a... Um, it's a fluid like a, thing. A, a, a very fluid and weak concept that yeah. didn't really didn't really mean much like back then. No, it, it meant it meant something to colonial Europeans to justify the fact that they were putting other people down. Because yeah. you know, you can't and this is the thing about colonialism, is you can't if if you want to look at yourself as the good guy. Uh, you can't, and the civilized, you know, we're the civilized people. You can't totally like oppress another nation of people, another entire group of people, or you know, geographical region, without somehow justifying like why you are oppressing them and taking all of their wealth. So you have to make a justification. Like that's right about, you know, colonialism was when racism was invented. It was like, well, uh, we scientifically decided that you guys are inferior to us. So we get to do this to you. Um, So you're not quite as human as we are. So it's not really quite as much of a sin as if we did it to like a French guy. And that's basically... You know what I mean? Like, if you boil it down, that's what... I mean, that's an oversimplification of the history, but it's it's essentially what was going down. Yeah, I mean, there are are some other elements to the racism, like, to the... Sure. The the justification for... They're they're still pretty bad. They're still racist justifications, but... Yeah, go on. But, you know, I mean, you can boil it down, like, in terms of the, the... uh, the impetus behind it like the concept behind it like you have to look at black people uh and brown people and asian people as not quite as human as you are because otherwise you have to look at yourself and say look at what i'm doing to these people and this is horrifying 
Yeah. So, you know, it's justification to do horrible things. Um, and since, you know, we've, we've, we've wandered into the racial uh, territory, um, the other major thing that's happening in Israel right now is there's a big debate about the family re reunification laws. Because basically there was a law passed in 2003 that restricted the ability of an Israeli to marry someone from the Palestinian territories and bring them in as their spouse into Israel and, and give them residency, you know, and let them apply for residency and, and uh, citizenship eventually. And it's being debated. <clears throat> Most of the, the governing coalition are opposed to ending the law that restricts um, family unification. So just so everyone knows, um, it's very rare. I mean, it, it does happen when you see like uh, an Israeli Jew marry a Palestinian Arab, right? But what what um, what I think we're we're focusing on here is um, the the Palestinian minority in Israel. So these are Palestinian. Yeah. These are Israeli citizens who are of Palestinian descent, right? Yeah. And 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 so they may want to marry someone who is from the Palestinian territory. So he was not a citizen of Israel, lives in the West Bank, for example. Yeah. Right? And they and so, may know each other. Their families may know each other, you know, like uh, because they are, you know, essentially one people. They're the same people. You know. Yeah. They're the same people, so, you know, they, they have family connections going back hundreds of years. Um, so when they get married, uh, sometimes, you know, they'll, you know, arrange a marriage somehow, you know, set up a marriage between someone who lives in Israel and someone who lives in the West Bank. And generally they're of Palestinian, uh, origin. And so the Israeli law is to restrict the ability of, um, them to unite in Israel and live together and have residency in Israel. And, and Israeli citizenship, essentially. Yeah, and gain Israeli citizenship. And, you know, the funny thing is, um, like I was reading, and this is from, I was doing some reading earlier, um, you know, even with, from the, like, the Jerusalem, uh, time the times of israel and um like there's a quote here that i would like to read that i think um is uh is very telling where it says that uh i think this this was from it was either the jerusalem post or the times of israel i think it was the jerusalem post it says critics call the law racist and say it is an attempt by Israel to keep the number of Arab citizens down rather than to prevent terrorism as it nominally claims to do. Right. So From, one of the things... Oh, go ahead. Wait, wait. No, it gets better. Proponents, proponents of the law, 
proponents largely agree with this claim, but justify their position by saying that without the law, tens of thousands and potentially hundreds of thousands of Palestinians could submit requests to become Israeli citizens every year, threatening to upend the Jewish, the Jewish majority of the country. So, a few so they're things. admitting. They're admitting. There are a few things. That... Yeah. So before they used to say, "Oh, it's a security issue. We don't." Yeah. Want... That, oh, terrorists are sneaking in. Yeah. By we don't want married, terrorist organizations like to. Or right. They, we don't want terrorist organizations to send their members into Israel to become uh, citizens through marriage and thereby creating, you know, a security concern or a security issue. Yeah. So, so they're, they're then, like terrorists are getting fake marriages right. so that they can sneak in right. and then but blow now, things. Up. Now they're coming out in the open, just admitting that no, there this is, is, it's a demographic this is, this is issue. About, this is about the again going back to the Jewishness of Israel. We're talking about our yeah, it's well, about maintaining well, a demographic ma- majority, maintaining a Jewish majority in mm-hmm. Israel, right? And doing anything that that needs to be done to prevent that majority from going away from which, the palestinians becoming um, a majority and so, he, so for people be... who don't know for people who don't know palestinians you typically have larger families they have more children than israelis do and so uh, you know it's only a matter of time before this is going to happen anyways which makes this whole issues such like the way that the israeli government is yeah. is approaching this this issue this whole like this whole um, divide between them and and the palestinians in such a ridiculous way because they think that just by like creating barriers and separating uh the west bank and gaza from from israel that that the the you know the the problem goes away but it doesn't because the Palestinians mm-hmm. are still having more and more and more children. And with time, they're going to be the majority. And so that is that is going to be that is going to go against everything that they're talking about. And then when they say, oh, well, we're just going to want a two state solution. So we can get into that a little more. Well, the two state, that, that, like, let's let's put that off for a minute. Like, uh, I think that's, a, a, you know, the this two state versus one state solution we'll have to get into that i mean that's a big issue but i, yeah, I would we say can talk that, about it like later but yeah 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 but i, I just want to say like this should be very familiar to americans when you see white americans being very scared about mexicans and hondurans you know central american and south american migrants coming to the u.s and being terrified of their presence because it's gonna make the white people a minority. Let's build a wall. And let's build a wall. This is Trumpism. This is like where did Trump get get the idea? Where did he even get the inspiration for this? Israel was building a wall and built a wall long before uh, Trump was shouting about this shit. And I mean, with is, Trump, though, it was like, you know, it was most of it was rhetoric. There wasn't actually going to be a wall built across the whole southern border, except Israel yeah. did build. Israel actually wall. did <laughs> do build a, a, a serious wall 
That's how. That's between how, the like, West Bank and fundamentally racist that government is. Yeah, but but you know, I mean, first of all, first of all, like I I don't like that kind of racial thinking about how a, a country should be constructed. And if you say you are a secular democracy, then it really shouldn't matter which color people are there. And sure, we need to, you know, uh, every country wants to like have some sort of process to deal with immigrants, you know, and every government wants to keep track of people. However, if it's based on, you know, race, where you make set your limitations, that is, um, that is problematic. And I do not care for that. That's and apartheid. Yeah. <laughs> That's apartheid. Wait, what did you say? <laughs> Wait, what was that? What was that word? Yeah. We got to yeah. get, we, we said the A word. We got to use the A word. The A word. <laughs> no, I mean, when you have, you know, and this is the thing. Ooh, is Israel, yeah. Israel builds a wall. Okay. You build a wall and you say, we don't want you coming over here. We built a wall. Okay. However, they keep coming on the other side of the wall and building settlements. So, uh, Palestinians can't get over, you know, are blocked from getting into Israel. But Israelis keep coming into the West Bank and building new settlements. So you have a wall to keep them out, and then you open the floodgates to let, you know, your ultra conservative radical settlement makers come in and set fire to Palestinian olive groves and orange tree whatever and you know uh build a settlement and kick people out of their homes and so that you know it's it's a one-way highway and then you and then they build you know roads and barriers and things to protect these people that only jews settlers there's like this is a jew only road only Jews can use this. That word. I'm sure that Americans will also be familiar with the white only signs. Yeah. Right? Back in yeah, the, Americans like, should be familiar with fifties, right? And like, I mean, I think if there's something, if there's something that should be Jew only, uh, it should be gefilte fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone really cares. Because that's this is a little bit gnarly to try to eat, but. <laughs> You know, you can have that as Jew only, but like, come on, like, we all need to use the roads. Right. And it's also like another big issue is the access to water. That's a huge issue. Oh, in a, it's a whole water. It, it basically, basically in an, in an area with very little water, you know, the Palestinians, I mean, most of them, I'm not going to say most, but a lot of them um, have like depend on agriculture, need water, and, you know, not only for, for their livelihood, but to survive. But, um, yeah, the Jews, uh, who like the, the Jewish settlers, uh, they get all the water they want, and they have the swimming pools, and they have it, like, it, it's it's just ridiculous. My cat. And I, I would say, also, like, I, I'd like to throw in just for, <clears throat> oh, hello.
Hello, meow, meow. So <laughs> <laughs> make an appearance every now and then. What's the cat's name? So Luli. This was Luli. Last last week was Antar. Antar showed up last week. He might they, show up they, later. They like to make appearances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give their cat, <laughs> their feline opinion. They're, they're anti-Zionists, by the way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. But, you know, when it comes to water access, and here's the other, another, like, you know, the, the myth about, this is something, you know, something that really pisses me off. Here's something that really pisses me off. There's a myth that everything in the Middle East and North Africa is just, like, a barren sandbox. Mm-hmm. And it's not you know well, very uh, diverse region like geographically yeah there's a lot of different uh, you know like geographical types of you know ecologies going on that uh people are just like oh it's just the sands and caves durga durga they're in the sands and the caves and it's like Palestine, you know, is is famous for its oranges and orange groves and olive trees, mm. you know, like, <laughs> like, uh, you know, to to just have this idea that it's just like this barren wasteland. Like, there are parts of the areas, you know, parts of the region that are barren wastelands, and there are parts that are very lush and have plants. You yeah, know, I don't need to go very far from trees. where where we live. We live in LA. I don't need to go. We don't need to go very far to get to reach some wastelands out here. Yeah, I mean, LA, Los Angeles is a wasteland, and it doesn't have its own water either. Right, right. That's the other thing. But um, yeah, I mean, Palestine and Israel have probably better water than Southern California. Mm-hmm. They probably have better water resources. <laughs> The question is, who owns the water? But, you know, I mean, like, Los Angeles is piping piping in water from Nevada and, you know, where, wherever. I, anyone who's seen the movie Chinatown has some idea of this. Yeah. Yeah, so. but the, the issues, so the, the, I mean, we could get, there are so many details one can, one can get, uh, can get into yeah, when it comes to like the differences between how Jews are treated and how Palestinians are treated. Basically, it's that, you know, Palestinians get, um, you know, the, the second class treatment, uh, if not worse. Well, even. Yes, Not but blood. also so, like I mean, if you're if you're a Palestinian, if you're a Palestinian like citizen of Israel, then yeah, you're getting second class treatment. But if you're like resident of Jerusalem or the West Bank or Gaza, you're getting like just shit on. Well, if you're in here's the thing. If you're in East Jerusalem or the West Bank or Gaza, these are these are militarily occupied territories. Okay? And um, I learned international law actually from Israeli uh, scholars, uh, but according to the Geneva Convention, which you know this goes back to like right after World War One, uh, the Geneva Convention specifically says if you occupy a territory with your military, 
you are not allowed to change the demographics. You're not allowed to move in and colonize. You hold that territory until a peace uh, agreement is arrived upon. And then you trade the territory back to whoever is considered the sovereign uh, ruler of that territory. That is the Geneva Convention. That is what every nation in in the world besides the United States and Israel sort of agrees on. It's international law. This is international law. So you can't, you know what I mean? Like, you can't say that you are a uh, like the forefront of democracy and Western values if you uh, can't abide by international law. So an, you, uh, one aspect of the <coughs> excuse me, uh, one aspect of that is. Um, something that came up a lot in the rhetoric, um, which is very factual, actually, uh, in the latest round of attacks that happened um, against Gaza, the Israelis bombed the hell out of Gaza. Like 250 plus people died. Like something like 253 or something like that. 60 plus kids. Um, Anyways, the the issue is that um, one of the, the the lines that the uh, Zionists will use is well Israel has the right to defend itself and sure. here's the thing here's the thing when when that's the line that is being used by every media organization most if not all like th- that's the qualifying statement before they can open their mouths and say a single word about this or utter a single phrase about Israel, that is the first thing they will say. Israel has the right to defend itself. Well, yeah, but, going, but, back I mean, to, but going back to what, what, what uh, Hussein was saying, right, is that international law, right, the Geneva Convention, which the whole world agreed on ages ago, right? You know, it was about a, uh, it was over a hundred years ago. Right. One of the things about military occupation is that you know you you cannot use as a, as an occupying force, you cannot use violence against an occupied people, even if even if that occupying people use some kind of violence against you. You, you, you. you can police them. According you can to police them, era. but you cannot you can police use police them. But you, right. you, 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 you have to abide by laws of like the police, not by like the fifth you know, strongest destroying in the world, just destroying their right. Fucking, like you're, and, you know, like Dresden. Yeah, and, and so fire bombing so, the whole place for the people who who aren't aware of the disparity, the power disparity, right? It's so. Huge. It's it's massive. You're talking about people who who mostly mostly are unarmed or use rocks against tanks. Yeah, or, they're using or... like, like they 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 put some like incendiary thing attached to a balloon and send it over to start a fire. 
right that's their biggest technology is a balloon they're fighting with balloons against like you know the most one of the most technologically advanced militaries in the world and when you have the most one of the most technology technologically advanced militaries in the world you have a responsibility to use it with restraint yeah and that's just um you know the thing the thing that yeah it is a no-brainer and um the thing is yet yes hamas does have rockets they do have rockets but guess what you know um these are uh one very poorly made one and they they don't they're they're not accurate and Uh, well which which makes i mean yeah i mean like i will admit that hamas firing rockets rockets indiscriminately is in itself a war crime also however it is a problem however the iron dome system of uh, you know knocking them out of the sky is pretty effective and the amount yeah. of israeli damage that comes out of hamas rocket fire is pretty small and i'm not def- yeah. like i'm not saying hamas is good I'm not supporting Hamas as a, you know, a political movement, but you have to look at like when you are, you know, it's kind of like, it's like, you know, you know why men aren't supposed to hit women? Because, you know, (laughs) women, I'm taking this in in another direction now. (laughs) Women, women can be crazy. Women can be bad and abusive. However, your average woman biologically, <laughs> your average woman biologically is smaller and has less upper body strength than your average man. So when you're a man and you have the you know advantage. You know, you don't hit women. Like, if a guy steps to you, like, I'll punch you in the face. But, like, you know, <laughs> like, I'll fight a guy if I have to. But, you know, not that I like to, but I will if I have to. But, you know, I don't, you know, I'm not going to hit a woman. I've been hit by women. <laughs> had women punch me. The point is, you know, I mean, like, when you realize there is a, there is a difference in strength here you you should be uh cognizant of the you know the difference yeah, i mean not I only should... not only does does israel get was 3.8 billion dollars in military aid from the us every single year but they actually have they've grown their own like homegrown like weapons and yeah, they have a huge tech industry and yeah, they, they share have, like they, like they share drones. information and technology with the US. They 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 make their own like um their, yeah, their and then they, they, they have their like own drones that fly. No, and surveillance technology and that type of stuff, and they sell it back to the US too. So it's a mutually uh beneficial and many other countries. Like they, yeah, they and, their weapons industry is massive. Yeah, so, well they they also were you know who they were they were good friends with. Um, was uh, apartheid South Africa. Yeah. 
I mean, something. where did where did where did like I think it was I was reading about this the other day that Ariel Sharon, former prime minister of Israel, who was the defense this I'm, I'm telling this story when he was defense minister. Yeah. Right. So he was uh, equivalent. Yeah. Of, this was like, also the secretary of defense. He. This is also the guy who who presided over the Sabra and Shatila massacres. Yeah. Which is a, a story that I think maybe like we don't need to get into right now, but right, right. It's but they, pretty, pretty awful. Yeah. So, so he, uh, the the story was told by a former Israeli ambassador to South Africa, and mm. that he was on a trip in the eighties during the eighties um, with Ariel Sharon to South Africa, and the one thing that like that uh, blew Ariel Sharon's mind. It was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like, this is what we have to, to learn and implement back in, in Israel <laughs> was, was, guess what? Apartheid? The, 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 was the, the Bandu, the Bandustan, the, ban, the, the, the what they call them? Bantu? Uh, the, the Bantu, is that what they call them? The, like the, basically the, uh, how the South African the, town, the townships is that, that's what they call them. Yeah, I think um, I can't remember the name, but there is there was a, a similar. Wait, I'll, I'll look it up. I'm sure, but, there are, I'm sure there are different uh, names for it, but you're talking yeah, about like the, the the black townships, Bantustans. Yeah, also known yeah. as Bantu homelands, black state. So these were yeah um, territories set aside for black inhabitants of South Africa. So as part of its policy of the state's policy of, of apartheid. So mm-hmm. the townships, right? So that's where they got the idea from. These guys were really, really close. Like the South African. Like South they Africa. were into it. They're like, hey, hey, fellow racist. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and Tell Israel, me what you Israel, got. The Israeli government will do that with any country that is that like is into that. They're, well, it, they're all about it. It so it says something about their um, governing mentality when they say that um, the Palestinians are worse than the Nazis. Yeah, I mean, it says so something he, about how they look at the world. So here, here is the other thing: is that when we if we were talking about you know the, the issue, if we're going to talk about Nazis. Is ethnic cleansing, right? And yeah. right now, what we're what we're seeing, and we have been seeing for decades, is you know, Israel, the Israeli government pushing for um, the takeover of more and more Palestinian land without ever okay. reaching a a Palestine like a a, a a peace deal, and so using the settlers to go in take up more and more and more land, building more and more and more settled settlements until the Palestinians get fed up and either leave or are killed off or what have you. And so eventually it will be yes. a completely dominated uh, land, land dominated completely by Israeli Jews and ethnic which cleansing. Brings us, which brings us to... Um, the other, the the thing that was the the impetus for Hamas <clears throat> firing rockets mm-hmm. is what's going on in Jerusalem. Uh, so there is a neighborhood in Jerusalem 
that uh, they're trying to demolish and replace the Palestinian residents with Israeli Jews. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So... Uh, talking about Sheikh Jarrah. Sheikh Jarrah, yeah. So this is a... Um, this neighborhood is a Palestinian neighborhood in East Jerusalem. So... Um, after the 1967 war, uh, there was an agreement, according to like international. No, actually, law. it was 1953. It was it was before that. It was in 1953. Where I they looked it up to, earlier. Where today. they agreed to decide, like, to give the like East Jerusalem as as capital to the Palestinians. Is that what you're referring to? Well, no, that neighborhood specifically that neighborhood. Oh, that specifically was that neighborhood was they like there were a lot of displaced Palestinians and they and Jordan, the country Jordan was in control of East Jerusalem. And in 1953, they made this agreement that they would um, displace Palestinians from other towns if they were willing to give up their refugee status, which means they don't have a claim to return to their original homes. Mm -hmm. And if they were willing to give up the refugee status and not claim the right to return to their homes, they could settle in this neighborhood. That's what this neighborhood was. Really, and really that was quickly. brokered between Jordan and Israel. So really, really quickly, um, 1948 mm-hmm. was the Nakba when um, <clears throat> Israeli or Jewish Zionist, rather Israeli Zionist gangs, um, and which eventually formed the the Israeli military. Uh, expelled millions of was it seven hundred fifty thousand seven hundred fifty thousand Palestinians from their homes across historic Palestine, right? And these people yeah. are now refugees. A lot of them went the to world. Jordan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of a lot them of went, to Jordan, went to Lebanon, neighb- neighboring countries, but then many others spread around the world, and now they number in the millions. Yes, and right and. And, and so generally, they, generally, they maintain their status as refugees because the point is they're saying, I, I will always be a refugee until they carry ne- like the key to their former house around their neck. That was probably given to them. And by those houses, a lot of those houses still exist. Yeah. Yeah. And those houses so, still exist and they're now occupied by, you know, they're, you know, some Israeli family lives there. So imagine. And so they imagine. carry like it's a symbol. It's a national symbol. Is the key to the mm-hmm. houses that they were chased out of during the war. So imagine, and, imagine you know the right of return is the major. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a major. Go on, go on. That's this is important. No, I mean it's it's I, I mean it's a major symbol of Palestinian identity. It's sort of we were chased from our homes, like you read in there in the literature in the history, you know. It's like 
a lot of a lot of the people you know that means they weren't all fighting there were civilians and there war were, was happening and they left their civilians. homes to seek shelter mm-hmm. there were mostly civilians and they went to you know like we're gonna like you know leave the city while it's in the middle of a of a firefight and many of those villages you know, were actually destroyed by yeah the some were completely destroyed some weren't and there were acts of you know war crimes on both sides but uh let's say one side had a little bit of an advantage yeah. uh the point is you know they they the all these civilians thought that they would be able to come back to their homes and they still yeah. had the keys to their houses and they still and instead, do yeah they carry them around they wear them around their necks and it's a symbol of of we will someday return to our land it's a symbol of resistance houses. yeah and and, and yeah. you know in their houses like the same houses are occupied now you know they're lived in by israelis that came from poland brooklyn yeah like <laughs> wherever you like know? russia like, whatever you know you what could mean? be you could you be know? born and raised in, in as long brooklyn. as you can prove you're jewish and as long as you can prove you're jewish you're you can become an israeli citizen and have a rights to that land whereas the you native know, population has no rights funny uh, funny like, side uh, uh, funny side story <laughs> funny side story mm-hmm. I, i i know a guy who um has a jewish grandparent he's not really practicing jewish for much like he'll maybe like celebrate hanukkah every once in a while for fun but You know, he's he's a very American guy and, you know, doesn't care that much about the religion. He'll go to like a Jewish deli every now and then. Or yeah, you know, everyone's kind of well. he's, really, he's really not that that much into it. He's a real California guy. Okay. Very California guy. He went on Birthright, which is a free trip that Israel offers to anyone who can prove Jewishness. They get a free trip to Israel and a tour around all the stuff. And they were at the wailing wall and there was another guy who actually was a devoutly religious jew but according to jewish law if your mother isn't jewish then you don't quite count as a real jew so california guy was allowed to go visit the Wailing Wall and they didn't let the other guy in. Because they're the like, reli- you're not a the real religious Jew. Jew? The religious Jew? Yeah, the guy religious is- one. They didn't allow really? him. Because, yeah, he, was, he, didn't, he wasn't Jewish enough. Like they didn't Even though he believed like, it, he actually the, was like practicing wall. Jewish. And, you know, California dude... California dude who was hanging 10, he was just the one an excuse to travel. And the one guy that actually w- it would have meant something to him religiously and spiritually, they didn't let him in because genetically they didn't find him Jewish enough. Wow. Yeah, man. I mean And even California guy, California guy felt bad about it. Felt bad. It, kind of felt, it didn't stop him from going in there, but like uh or or didn't make him like make a protest out of it but uh 
he was like, yeah, I kind of felt bad because I really don't, you know, eh, not really that. Well, interesting thing. Interesting thing. A lot of like younger American Jews are sort of making a, are voicing their, their opposition to the birthright trips as well as their concerns at, let's just put it lightly, concerns with Zionism. Right? I think so, I think enthusiasm for Zionism has really declined in the U.S. Yeah, in the so last, in the last like seven years or something, because when I was in college, you know, it was yeah, it let's, was let's a get real back battle. To this. Let's get back to this. Let's t- uh, finish the talk about Sheikh Jarrah, and we'll get back to this because the, it'll it'll lead perfectly to this. So. Let's uh, so imagine that you're a Palestinian family living in, let's say, Haifa, right? 1948 happens and you're expelled from your home. And um, instead of um, fleeing to a neighboring country, you end up being told, hey, you can, you will give you this home in East Jerusalem, Sheikh Jarrah, the neighborhood that we were talking about. Right? Yeah, and in exchange for you uh, dropping your refugee status and basically yeah. giving up the right, right to return, giving up the right to return, right? Okay, so so the, like that whole neighborhood full of pe- full of people of you know, who are Palestinian who were expelled from their homes and from some from the what, like late forties to early fifties, uh-huh. and then um, so. Fast forward till today, right? So these they've had like there've been multiple. They've been living there since 1953, right? And at, so or longer, right? And so they've been they've been there. Um, I mean, so it's it, generations, it is, generations. Yeah, so generations of Palestinians have been living there, and then now uh, the Israeli government and the settler organizations want to take over all of East Jerusalem. They, they don't want to leave anything to the Palestinians, even those homes that were given to the displaced people like decades ago. So um, this is where the most recent issue started in that um, the settlers were going in and literally just barging into people's homes, kicking them out onto the street and saying, these aren't your homes anymore. Like that's literally what's been happening, and that's not an exaggeration. That is not an exaggeration. It is a historical. Yeah, like you fact. could you could look like you could look look up videos on YouTube and see this for yourself. And we can provide the bibliography, you know, from yeah. We could uh, like share. We could. I share can provide you a bibliography purely from Israeli authors, because yeah, actually, yeah. I had more Israeli professors than I had Arab professors, honestly. Yeah, and so so the with what happened with Sheikh Jarrah is that um, this was during Ramadan, right? So this was yeah, which a is couple also months ago. for for everyone's information, the most holy month. It's the most it's the holiest month in the, in the in the Islamic calendar, right? And so not, not all not all Palestinians are Muslim, right? There are a lot, lot of, of them are. A lot of them are there. There's a sizable uh christian uh minority but anyways um i'm saying this to because 
when the whole issue of Sheikh Jarrah was happening and families were being threatened with um, being displaced again, um, the Israeli police went into the Al-Aqsa Mosque during the last 10 uh, nights of Ramadan. So this is like the, the holiest time of the holiest month uh, in the Islamic calendar. And so you had thousands had of one Palestinians. Of the whole, most holy, one of the most it's, holy places. It's the third holiest site in Islam, the, yeah. the Aqsa Mosque, right? Which is, is uh, located right by the, the Wailing Wall, right? So mm -hmm. in East Jerusalem. And so you have thousands of Palestinians worshiping there. And so the Israeli police just barge in and start firing uh, skunk water, which is like sewage water at people and desecrating this holy site, right? And then not only that, but firing uh, stun grenades and rubber bullets at people who are there worshiping peacefully, right? Yeah, and so for the, for the purpose of letting some some like like extremist uh, Jewish militants to like take a tour of it, right? And so this this is like what Israel does, like the Israeli government does. They'll instigate things like this. They'll pick yeah, a fight every. Every year during Ramadan, there is clashes. The, the Israeli police they are sent in to start, well, this start is clashes in the Al-Aqsa Mosque specifically. What started the second year. intifada? The second is intifada was Ariel, Ariel Sharon going to Al-Aqsa yeah. just to be an asshole. It's like, you don't need to go. Like, there's no reason for Ariel Sharon to go to Al-Aqsa, except for to piss people off. So it was only then, it was only then that Hamas said, listen, your Israel is desecrating the third holiest site in Islam. And in addition to all the stuff that had been happening in Sheikh Jarrah, yeah, right? They and they said, listen, if you if you don't, if you continue, we're gonna fire rockets. And that, and that's exactly what Israel wanted, right? And so yeah, they wanted them to do that. It was a deliberate instigation. So then they can say, "Oh, we're defending ourselves." We're defending, and, and so here's the interesting thing: when for people who don't know, mm -hmm. when when we when you watch the news about this, um, about what happened and what like typically happens every single cycle of this like this occurrence it happens every four years yeah it, some, sometimes it, yeah sometimes even like shorter time spans than that but yeah maybe uh, but 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 um what you'll see happening is that on the on the news in the media the, the clock starts ticking when hamas fires a rocket that's yeah. when when that's everything when they start is paying framed, attention. that right that's that's the the they frame it in uh, in a way to make it seem as if the issue the story began with started, Hamas. Yeah, the story started right. when so, Hamas fired a rocket. It's like, then, really, that was why, the beginning of the story? And that's why the, the Israelis will be, and, and the people who defend Israelis and defend the Zionists, be like, oh, but Hamas, but Hamas, but Hamas fired rockets. But, Hamas but we're, fired. we're not. I'm not saying. But the thing I'm is, not like, saying that that I'm not saying that fire that Hamas 
firing rockets is a good thing. I'm not defending that, but no, that is not, not where it's strategically started. very uh, uh, successful. But that is not how valuable. it started. But the that point is, is like, no, but also the point is they're not like when you target, like Israel has the, they have the military capability you know, I remember, I remember during during the um, the first Gulf War, where the when the American military was, uh, I think it was, you know, it was first uh, the first Bush, yeah, H W. Who said H W. Bush was saying, "Oh, we can like we got the technology, we can read the tags on their shirts, we can target them precisely." Mm-hmm which i'm not saying is wrong i think i think they do i don't think he was like they have they have very good technology for targeting now if you're going to brag about your your targeting technology then you don't get to have a pass when you kill a bunch of civilians and you bomb a wedding that had nothing to do with terrorism or opposition or anything so, you know, that's what bothers me is that the Israelis, you know, they're like, oh, we have a right to defend ourselves. Okay. And then they blow up a news building. Or the, 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 the and old... they didn't, they hit it, they hit it multiple times. They knew exactly what was going on. It was the Associated Press. They hit like, the this only... is an international news organization. They it hit wasn't the only. They hit it wasn't the like only... mass national news. It was in, it was the Associated Press. They hit the only lab in Gaza that is testing for COVID. Yes. In 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 yes. one of the most densely populated places on earth. Yes, and you you're telling me you have the like such great technology. They have technology. They can they can knock rockets out of the out of the sky before they hit ground. They can you know, target individuals and send a drone in and bomb them. And it's like, you have the technology. Yeah, I don't you know if you, if you saw the, did you see, did you see the, the pictures and the videos of the Iron Dome? Like, how yeah, the I've rockets seen, I've were, seen. so like, if you're, if let's say Hamas is shooting a rocket, the rocket goes like straight into, into, yeah. into the sky, right? Yeah, they have a the rocket. Yeah, have, they go like, like interception round and, They they go like they're heat seeking, and so they go yeah. round and round and round, and then and and then they target the the rocket. It's like yeah, but the, the point, yeah, so the point so is, I mean, you if you have that level of technology, you have no excuse when there are civilian casualties. And I mean, I am not even saying, like, I'm not even saying that uh, it's off limits to target Hamas officials or Hamas, you know, military uh, personnel. And they can. Okay? That's the interesting thing. They can target Hamas officials if they, they wanted to, because here's the thing. Israel has one of the most advanced uh, intelligence services in the world. The Mossad have agents everywhere. And so some of the most uh, secretive regimes in the Middle East, like let's say in Syria, for example, 
yeah. we heard uh, like a few years back that there was a, a, a very high level Hezbollah um, leader and operative who was assassinated in, in, in Damascus. And that, that is, there is no way that that could have been done by anyone but the Mossad, the Israeli intelligence services. So the equivalent sure. of the, the, the Israeli the, CIA, right? The so point, if they wanted to, if they yeah. wanted to target Hamas officials and target, like, let's say, uh, military, let's like use that in quotes, military targets, right? They could. They're, yes. they're more they than can, capable. They're, they're more than capable of, of, of very, like, targeted strikes. And so the point is even assassination attempts. Yeah, no, I mean they're they're they assass. It's pretty. There's a lot of evidence that they assassinated Yasser Arafat mm-hmm. yep. with like some kind of radioactive like poison. Um, that's not just a conspiracy theory. They probably poisoned him. Um, Yasser Arafat was probably poisoned by the Mossad. Um, the point is, they have the ability to kill people very in very targeted, limited ways. So when you blow up an entire building that houses the Associated Press or houses civilians, you don't you didn't have to do that. You are this is excessive force. Mm-hmm. It's excessive force and it's group punishment and it's not. This is not, uh, you know, it's not legal by uh, international law. And it's just human cruelty. You're displacing people, uh, civilians. You're displacing civilians. To give an idea of what, like, uh, on a human level, what this is. So, uh, you know, for the people who don't know of the blockade against Gaza, there's a land air sea blockade like nothing goes in nothing goes out right israel controls the land borders the the, the airspace and the uh, and the, sea. the water uh, and the sea right yeah. and so so um it's it's uh, poverty rates are insanely high unemployment is super high it's very densely packed place it's just a, an open air prison is how they, it's described. But no. every time that Israel goes in and bombs the hell out of Gaza, um, and then they have to rebuild. And so sometimes they'll get aid from other Arab countries, humanitarian aid to help with the reconstruction. Sometimes even that doesn't get through, like the materials to reconstruct. They have to recycle yeah, it, the, the rubble. It's not easy to get right. re- materials to build when right. you're under a blockade like that. So, so, so when you're under a blockade and you live in a highly, like very highly densely populated area, the only way that you can build for space is to build up right you need to build these towers and so that's what happened in Gaza. you have these towers so that people because there's it's such a tiny strip of land there's nowhere yeah. to go right and and the population is just growing and growing and growing and so um one guy was a, a palestinian guy from Gaza was saying how the bombing of these these towers was so like 
detrimental to their spirit, right? Because isn't just that these towers were like office buildings or apartment buildings, but that every kind of, let's say, um, cultural center, every kind of language center, every kind of entertainment like place that people could go to like forget about the daily like hell that is the occupation that they live under or if they want to like learn a new language so that they could better themselves or learn a new skill those centers were always in these towers and so when they bomb the towers all of that gets wiped away right all the organizations the yeah. aid organizations and were housed not, there. all the media it's organizations not an accident it's not an accident, right? And it's so, not. It's deliberate cultural genocide. You know, it's uh, like right. let's destroy your culture, let's destroy your ability to advance yourselves into like let's, any kind like, of civil, civil make generations of people. Which the the irony of that is what you're creating is generations of people that want nothing but revenge against you. Yeah, that that is and what they're gonna come radicalization. Towards. Yeah, That's you're exactly making radicals. Right. You're making people that are like you like did not allow me to have a, a life. There is no way for me to have a real normal life and just have a career and do something and write a book or teach a class and like you know, you keep destroying the ability for people to have a life. What do they have? And this is the, the other thing. The will to fight. The will to fight is what they have. And that's what they're going to use. This is the other thing that people really need to understand is that, um, and this, we were talking about this last episode in, when it came to Islamophobia, but it relates not just to Muslims, but to people of Middle Eastern, North African descent, people of Arab backgrounds, of non-Arab backgrounds from that region, Muslims, Christians, mm. different different um, religious sure. groups, but this this um, that there is a concerted effort, and this has gone on for centuries in the West to paint people of that region as like somehow subhuman or not human, even right. And so, what I'm getting at with this is that you know these are normal people just like you they just want to live normal lives they just want to raise their kids to send their kids to school to uh be able to like live it's a like, normal decent life it's like right? it's like when 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 ben affleck was on the bill maher show and he was like oh, these muslims you know they just want to like eat a sandwich <laughs> yeah yeah, but see, that's, that's, how he, the media, that's how he phrased it. It's like the they just want to eat a sandwich and live a normal life. The only thing that that people in the West are fed when it comes to the media is that these people are terrorists. These people are scum. They are backwards. They are undeserving of being of being of being deemed as human. Yeah, and so so and so therefore. Who cares if you bomb the hell out of them and wipe them out? No one cares, right? Yeah, so just a bunch of cat desert like cave rats. So so here's the interesting thing that happened this time. I mean, 
uh, we both grew up like learning about and hearing about the Palestinian uh, uh-huh. issue, right? And so this is not new to us. I'm 36 years old. I mean, I, I've learned about this ever since I was a, like a, a child, yeah. right? And so um, the thing is though, that this time around, because a lot of the coverage and the narratives were, weren't being set in the mainstream media, but rather social media, that more and more people have started to become aware of what's actually happening. And so what's what's interesting is that public opinion is shifting, it's changing. We can get into like the, I, I promised we'd get back to the, the issue of That's young whole, American Jews, you know, yeah, and so- conversation there too. Yeah, but like it, the public opinion aspect, especially in, in the US is is huge. It's huge. And the oh, fact so, that more I mean, and more people going against Israel going against Zionism. It's like, it, it, this is what is going to change. No, the, I mean, some of the, the, you know, the, the things, there are things that people tell me, people, like non-Arab, like just, you know, some like, you know, woke, you know, young people say things to me that it's like, if I said those things when I was, you know, in college, I would have been like run out of the room and called an anti-Semite and, you know, blackballed. And uh, so, yes, the, 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 the general concepts, the general like uh, social uh, attitude towards these things are definitely changing. And I, so I do have, like, as much as people talk shit about millennials, um, I actually have um, some optimism about these younger generations. I think they're smart. I think they're in the, they have uh, morals and uh, emotions in the right place. Um, I think they should read more books. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, what I mean, like, you know, I think it's our responsibility as, you know, being a little bit older than them to, you know, guide them a little bit, you know, give them bibliographies. Here's the thing. I think resources. that I think that it's an interesting time, uh, generally speaking, historically speaking, in that, you know, you have this uh, convalescing of so many different like issues um, just boiling up and, and and boiling over really. And whether, I mean, and, and I think the turning point uh, was that during, you know, during COVID, uh, the murder of George Floyd, that that was a huge turning point uh, for, you know, mm. Black Lives Matter movement, of course, but then that allowed that gave a lot of space for a lot of other movements to uh, have, you know, their whole voices heard. And so this is um, in that context, the Palestinian issue was given more, um, well, it, more you know, bandwidth man, to be it's heard. Not, it's like, it's, I mean, you know, it, 
it's one of those things with uh, most of these issues it's like the same with um it uh, black lives matter hashtag me too it's like you had to have been an idiot to not know these problems existed you had to have either been an idiot or you were part of it you know what but i think i think that what's telling is that you know um some might say that this is just human nature that like a, to to delay dealing with a problem until it's until it blows up in your face but i don't think it's it's human nature because i think that you see historically you've had different um in different periods of history you've had different um ruling entities who dealt with problems in a very different fashion but i think that what we're seeing a lot of the similar trends not just here but like all over the world is how white supremacy deals with problems and that yeah. the, the 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 delay of dealing with let's say um like wages not keeping up with the cost of living or um, the issue of you know uh, black people being killed by by the police unrelentlessly or the issue of the prison <clears throat> industrial complex or the I issue think, of I wars think, or the issue well, of immigration you, you, you can you can you can go on and on with yeah, this yeah, issues. It's, it's, the it's, point it's, the point is i think but there's a the, pattern there's a no well the pattern is um I think the pattern is is basically if we keep you if we keep most of the people entertained most of the time or we give them aspirations that they think they can reach they're not going to say much so let's and, let's yeah go ahead go ahead you know so it keeps them relatively, you know, they, they just keep trucking on. It's like, well, one day, you know, one day I'll get there. And some of them do. And most of them don't. But it's like, feed, you know, you know, feed the aspirations. Uh, someday you could be, you know, uh, a rock star. Or you could just go to Disneyland, have fun. And here's some other, like, entertaining things. And here's Netflix and watch some football watch the football get really angry at the enemy team mm -hmm. and channel your <laughs> anger there don't look at the man behind the curtain mm -hmm. you know and keep doing that you know throw out all kinds of like other people to be mad at and you know keep that going and i think um people are starting to um you know come out of that uh coma well i think that enough people have gotten screwed over yeah especially particularly well, doesn't make the sense. millennial the millennial generation they're like yeah. nothing that has been said and, and and sold to us or attempted to be sold to us has worked nothing it's no, like it we're all in debt it just we're doesn't logically debt. make sense we're all in debt we can't afford to buy homes we can't afford to settle down we can't afford to do anything right mm. and so it it's it's like all right well it's gotten to the boiling point and to go to sort of 
turn back to the Palestine issue um, mm. to demonstrate how it's very similar. So in uh, the early 90s, you had the Oslo uh, peace, pro uh, peace Accords, right? You, you could like explain this better than I can, but um, the idea was that, you know, uh, the U.S. Uh, sponsored these, these talks between Israel and the Palestinians with the goal of a two-state solution, of a peace deal with two states, one for Israel, one for Palestine. Well, Israel already existed as a state, but that there would be a Palestinian right, yeah. state and then and that would be a peace deal. Right. And so this was the early 90s. And so Oslo, I mean, this was like 1992, like 99, 92. Oslo yeah. was bullshit. Oslo was total bullshit because at the same time as they were negotiating, they were like settlement building was ramping up in the West Bank. So you'd think that there would be some goodwill and say, oh, it was, okay, we're, we're going to yeah, stop it was, and not take more of your land. That's supposed to like, be a part of your You should put a freeze on that until we make, like, if you're saying you're making a goodwill negotiation, like, uh, you should uh, maybe put a freeze on all of these illegal, I, I repeat, illegal settlements. Illegal according whole, to international law. According to international law, not according to my dumbass face. It's according to international law that it's illegal to build these settlements in the first place, any of them. Because and that land is supposed to, to be used for a Palestinian state. Yes, because occupied military occupied territory is supposed to be held basically as is until a peace agreement is come to and the oslo accords were supposed to be that peace agreement the problem was you had tons of settlements that had been built and that is changing the demographic layout of the territories that you are occupying which so is that didn't stop that continues illegal by international 90s. law so since the early 90s that continued Till this day. It ramped up during the Oslo negotiations. They actually accelerated, like they were trying to like build as much as they could before the the Oslo Accords were signed. Right, but even after they were signed, they were like they they tested the waters and they were like, all right, no, let's let's build a settlement here, see what happens, build a settlement there. I mean, the Oslo went. Accords went because because also they never offered East Jerusalem which has always been a Palestinian demand, which is East Jerusalem as a capital for Palestinian state. If you want a two-state solution, you know, I mean, it's very, you know, the minimal demands are return to the 1967 border, uh, East Jerusalem as a capital of a Palestinian state in the West Bank and Gaza, and have some kind of maybe, you know, connection between the two territories. And, um, you know, right of return is also a, a prominent demand, although that one is, is going to be pretty um, difficult to uh, figure out because when we're talking about right of return, are we, 
you know, talking about the descendants of people that lived in these houses and these villages. And, you know, I mean, these villages, a lot of these villages don't even exist anymore and they turn into parks. And, you know, so, so like, there's a lot of Palestinian demands that can't really feasibly be met, but there's a minimum that right. has never been offered in any of the negotiations. And Israelis love to always say, like, we've offered peace so many times and the Palestinians have rejected it. They've so never... What's, what's essentially happened is that since the Oslo Accord, right, mm. Israel has just kicked the can down the road and never actually gone through with a peace deal. And so what they've ended never up happening... Offered... Right. They've they never, never offered, offered the bare minimum of what the right. Palestinians are asking. And so what's ended up happening over the years, which was Israel's objective all along, was that more and more Palestinian land was taken over during that time for Israeli settlements, thereby displacing more Palestinians. Um, and so going back to my original point, what what's what's similar for a lot of the Palestinians to what you know, let's say black people are dealing with or what uh, what you know young millennials are dealing with in terms of like economic uh, situation is that they're fed up they've they they were sold a bunch of lies for a long time and it's like we they've they've that's it they've they've reached the edge of the cliff that's it there's no more that can be that can be done in terms of like accepting the status quo yeah i think so, it's quite simple so that's that's where we're at right now and yeah. you know it's it's a dangerous situation over there but that, that's why i think that a lot of people all over the world are are in solidarity because with the palestinians because they can they can see that you know these patterns are playing out everywhere right yeah, they may they game. may differ they may differ in some ways but of course but um but the substance is is similar and so so um i actually wanted to talk a little bit about the idea of a one state solution which is what a lot of people have been saying is that okay we're not going to get a two-state solution because you know well they made even, it impossible they made it impossible even if hypothetically you wanted to do it right it's like well well demographically it wouldn't wouldn't work right they'd have to like do a huge population transfer yeah and so Which, you and know it's so, not you know it's like you have to uproot people from their homes and move them to a different place and replace them with other people and but, population so, transfers I am not a fan of it's very much uh, ethnic cleansing. Yeah, and so the the other thing, so the other uh, scenario is a one state solution, whereby all right, you get rid of this apartheid regime, you get rid of all like what happened in South Africa. They ended that system. Yeah, you have truth and, and reconciliation. Right. And, I mean, South and, Africa, you got to hand it to you got to hand it to the South African black people that um they didn't you know have a mass like murder of white people <laughs> right and, and that's the thing is that like if like they you, did it if there is a if there is a 
a genuine effort to to find a solution because here's here's another really important point that need that i feel like we need to make clear which is that we don't believe that jews should be expelled from from that land or from that area right it's it, it's like we see all right just as in like south africa what happened was that all right this is this is what this the current situation is you have two populations who need to be able to live next to each other and so and live together and so the idea is all right do away with the current system have one state where everyone is an equal citizen how complicated is that right um and no no like, and so, I mean, the difference is and and the differences between israelis and palestinians in terms of like how they you know how they run their families how they, culturally are they're so similar they're so they're you know they're there it's really it's really a lot closer than like white americans and black americans honestly oh yeah Oh, you know yeah. I mean, like there, it's 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 just a, it's a contrived uh, animosity that doesn't need to exist because you know I mean the, it, Israelis have fully like immersed themselves into even the ones that come from Russia they're not eating Russian food they're eating falafel right you they're know the, and falafel and couscous and they're eating falafel and you know what I mean like. You know, even the differences between the languages. And I got into an argument once between um, with an Israeli guy at, at some like mixer that was about like like language learners mixer. And I was like, you know, learning some Hebrew. And I, I you know, started talking to this Israeli guy. And I was like, you know, like uh, when I hear it, it sounds very you know it sounds foreign but if i actually if i read it it's like so many cognates it's like ah you know i mean like salam shalom you know mm -hmm. it's so like there are so many cognates like i can figure out what a lot of things mean in hebrew just um uh because they're they're cognates for arabic words it's you know i mean like they they're cousins they're you yeah know, they're totally cousins i mean it's i mean like, that's that's the funny linguistically, thing is that linguistically in terms of culinary habits in terms arabs, of like traditions and family arabs values will see, arabs will say to each other like when they see like let's say a group of jews walking by they're like oh the cousins have arrived like they'll say that like that's an expression right they'll they'll yeah. call jewish people cousins they're like um, the, the jewish people don't know that they're being called cousins like just the arabs amongst each other in arabic the, like, cousins. Oh, look, the, the, the cousins the cousins are here right and it's not derogatory in any way it's like i mean it's 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 <laughs> it's very visible and it's easy to see if you're willing to see it but the, yeah. hint, the, 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 the catch is like that Israeli guy that I was talking to when I was telling him like, 
oh my god you know it's such cousins like the the like arabic and hebrew you know like we draw our letters differently and we pronounce them slightly differently but it's like really all you know i mean like it's like spanish and portuguese like it's a mm -hmm. very close language and he was like he got really offended he was really offended he was like no i don't hear that i don't see that what are you talking about no so that's when the nationalism kicks in and it's like yeah that's when the nationalist like propaganda bullshit kicks in and he's like no no no, it's not similar at all. Hebrew is unique. Nothing is like it. And it's like, what the, you know, come on, bro. You know, like when you extend a, a, a branch, an olive, olive branch, branch, and and you're acknowledging your similarities, which are, you know, anybody else looking at Arabs and Jews can barely figure out the difference, really, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like you people with your beards and your, you know, <laughs> your falafels and your like, you know, and your and like, your angry grandmas and your, and and your <laughs> sounds, you know, your sounds the ha and the ran and sounds that we can't pronounce. Like you're all the fucking same to us. Yeah. So it's like you know, uh, come on, guys. You know, and it's yeah, not as though yeah. it's not as though it's not as though like. A number of Jews went to, you know, have gone to uh, Arab countries and Islamic countries during their persecutions, like, you know, all the Jews that went to Istanbul during the, you know, uh, Spanish Inquisition. Yeah, or, Muslims have taken, like, yeah, have taken. Or the Jews that went to Morocco during the Holocaust. Mm -hmm. that was a, you know that was a thing like yeah. Jews were going yeah. to like Arab countries during you know every time Europeans tried to kill them all yeah so the, the thing is it's um, you know when you take away the the nationalistic uh, propaganda and, and narratives that were sold to people right and you like if you if you go back before the founding of Israel how many Jews lived in Arab countries? They were Arab Jews. That's the thing. Like yeah, even just the Arabic. how 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 the labels like worked is like oh like they're an Arab Jew. I, I I challenge anyone to go into Israel and find any Jewish people who would classify themselves as Arab Jews, right? Like there may be some, but it's well there were like in the nineteen seventies. There was yeah. a group of like like Moroccan Jews that formed a party that was inspired by the American Black Panther Party, right? And but they called my, themselves what, Black Panthers. My my point is that there are so many people who were sold on the idea that no, you cannot be Arab and Jewish. That's just that that that's unacceptable. Oh, that doesn't fit Arab into a, it. Doesn't know, fit into the. Term. It's not, it doesn't fit into that Zionist into nationalist narrative, narrative right? And so, and so, and so, um, and so a lot of people of, who were like Jews from Iraq or from Yemen or from Morocco, from Egypt, from Ethiopia. Syria were denied, 
were denied their culture. They're de- they, they, they are no different. Like a Syrian Jew is no different than me. I am a, I am a Syrian, right? Well, they would be no different. Not except- only were they denying their culture, they, they um, were denied a lot of freedoms. And also there were like medical experiments done on them. Right, right. That's a whole other conversation that yeah, probably yeah. And is too much because like, we've already gone on yeah. pretty long here. But it's a long there, one, you know, yeah. I mean, there was some Tuskegee type of shit going on with like black Jews and Arab Jews in Israel. My point is that so much um, of this bullshit, this nonsense, uh, can be like doesn't have to be there, right? So much of it. So, so much of it can be wiped away and, Most and Jews, Jews and Palestinians, Jews and Arabs could get along so well. And they do. So when you look at the, the Jews who are not Zionists, who don't believe in the Zionist project, they are like, they could not be any closer to Palestinians and Arabs. Like we, we get along so well, like, it's it's i mean the differences are it's, tiny it's like it's, it's slightly it's different sad. holidays it's basically it's 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 really sad honestly and it's you know i mean it's, it's it really is isaac and ishmael you know yeah yeah it really but is they, isaac and, ishmael. and when i think honestly like yes we could talk about like even european jews or jews from other areas but i'm talking like specifically even uh, more related to our part of the world, Middle Eastern Jews, uh, North African Jews. I mean, it pains me when I think of the loss of Syrian Jews that like Syria had to l- lose that part of its population, right? Um, same no, with the Iraqis, it's the same, right? it's the the same with Egypt. Like Egypt used to have such a huge loss. Jews used to have greek christians used to have such a like a lot of italians even mm-hmm. like you know like egypt used to be so much more cosmopolitan and it's become so you know um uh, monolithic in, in in its identity and it really it's sad because you you can watch old movies like there's a there's a hilarious comedy black and white from like the 1950s or something called Hassan, Marcos, and Cohen. Mm. And it's about these three old geezers who are, it's like, you know what I mean? Grump, three grumpy old men, you know, yeah, like one of those yeah. movies, like what is, I don't remember the, the name of the like grumpy old men movie that, you know, uh, Hollywood came up with. But it's the same idea. It's like three grumpy old men. One is a Jew, one is a Muslim, one is a Christian. Yeah. You know, Hassan, Marcos, and Cohen. And it was like, you know, it was hilarious. And that's how it was, you know. And you had, you know, there was a lot of cosmopolitan feeling. And, you know, it wasn't until like the 80s and 90s that it started to really. Well, I mean, I guess maybe this started in the 70s. But, you know, I mean, it was, uh, there was a lot of propaganda from Israel to, um, to bring Jews from Arab countries to Israel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you had the, huge Levon, loss. the Levon affair, yeah. which 
I don't know. I mean, we've been going on for a while. I don't know. We, yeah, we, let's not get into it. Like, get we'll, into the Levon we'll affair. Wrap, but wrap it but up, one but. of these days, we'll talk about that because that was a very interesting event. Yeah, if we could, um, we could like do an episode maybe about like um, history of like uh, mo- like modern history of like Arab Arabs and Jews pre uh pre-1948 it would be interesting or pre-1967 or even during that time like there, there was a lot of goings on yeah, that, yeah. you know throughout the That'd 50s you know it wasn't just it didn't end in 1948 it was throughout the 50s and 60s but uh yeah. i do feel like you know we perhaps have uh reached our uh a, a decent ending point yeah yeah no and, it, was, uh, it was uh it was a good conversation and um you know i think we just wanted to give our thoughts but also like about about the the issue and you know share share some of that with people who might not know as much uh about what's going on and um yeah yeah it's, yeah i mean uh, we, i think we could easily go for eight hours but i don't think anyone needs that yeah you know? yeah all right well we're trying we're trying to make this you know easily uh digestible before i forget before i forget so that you know we we um you know i didn't do this we didn't do this at the end of the first episode but um like the video um share it with your friends and yeah uh subscribe please that that would help us uh yeah we're just getting started we're you know uh so we're uh, building our audience and building um, a brand kind of thing. Yeah, share some of your thoughts in, in, uh, in the comments. Oh, comment. Yeah. Yell at us. <laughs> Get mad at us. Give us, like, send us angry messages. <laughs> we'll, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll read them and respond. Get mad at, Get mad at us and I'll send, I'll send you a response. And yeah, I'll try not yeah. to be too mad. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we welcome that. So we're, we're open to all kinds of comments and, um, you know, uh, interest in what we're doing. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, until uh, next time, uh, do another episode next week, hopefully. And uh, yeah, Khalidia out. I think that's all, folks. That's it.